Hey guys, how's it going? It's Josh from Mustard Seed. Uh, as you can probably tell, we've been having a little bit of, of scheduling conflicts. So we, we weren't able to, to get together and to um, record another video and a podcast for this week. So I was trying to think of, of what to do and what to kind of post for today. And I thought what I could do, I was kind of going back and saw my audio logs on my uh, on the files on my computer. And I found this, this podcast that I had kind of created... Um, back in 2020, in the midst of it, the summer of 2020. And uh, this episode where I talked about the miracle that happened with, with my family and with my, my twins and, and my bride. Um, and so I thought I would repost that, that I would kind of share it with you guys and just, uh, just to kind of share with you this incredible story to maybe help you and to encourage you uh, and it's just it's a great reflection on, on suffering and on the difficulties of life and how when when they come, it's important for us to to lean into the Lord and to, to embrace and run into his arms um, when we when we're struggling. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to kind of bookend this here. Uh, I'm going to see you again at the end of it just to talk a little bit more about it. But, um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. Like I said, it's, it's a little bit different format. It's going to sound a little bit differently. It was years ago. Um, and so, you know, it's not like a typical mustard seed podcast. But I, I think it's still, you know, going to grace you and, and be a blessing. I hope you appreciate it. Hit that like button. Leave some comments. Share it with people. And it's just an incredible story. It's an incredible story. So I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you at the end. I mean, I've never prayed so hard. Like this was the most fervent prayer that I've I've ever really experienced and ever done. But basically, I was just asking the Lord, like, listen, I know you can take care of this. You can perform miracles all the time. I mean, you do perform miracles all the time. You can do anything. You can do anything, Lord. Please save my children. Please save my babies. Hello everybody. So today we have a really pretty cool podcast for you today. I'm pretty proud of this one. Um, so I'm going to spend a lot of time kind of sharing about what, what uh, my July was like and kind of speaking into how the Lord was kind of working through some, uh, some struggles and some sufferings that my wife and I kind of had to endure. Um, and then I kind of close it out speaking about St. Augustine. Uh, so I just want to thank you for being here. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know, send some some comments, some likes, reposts, uh, subscribe if you can. And let me know what you think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Josh out. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome. This is episode number two. I'm calling all Catholic men. Welcome back. I'm your man, Josh Moore, back at it. Some more stuff here. So, do I have some some stories for you guys? Um, so, the last podcast I did, so that was the pilot episode, right? So, number one. Um, I actually recorded that, I think, back in May, either May or April, kind of in the midst of the pandemic and kind of the nastiness of the world. 
So it took me a long time to post it just because I wanted to make graphics and I wanted to do um, a lot more stuff just to kind of get it out there and just, uh, you know, make it look good and make a SoundCloud and Instagram and start posting things and blah, blah, blah. And then I wanted to make music too. So I made like the intro song I like recorded it and made it and all that stuff. Uh, so it took me a little while to, to officially drop it, but I did. So that was good. So in the midst of things, so right now, so like I said, I recorded that back in May and now it's August, right? So today's I'm recording it. Um, it's August 3rd right now. And my July was in saying it was pretty tough pretty tough month and i just wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit just so i can kind of show you some cool things that god had, had kind of um did in my life and some miracles that he performed now i'm going to do a longer episode based on this story and i'm going to bring my wife into the mix too and, and just kind of talk about it and our experiences with what kind of, you know what kind of what happened uh in the month of july but uh basically i kind of mentioned last time just talking about my life a little bit and kind of where we are currently. Well, my wife is pregnant with twins, which is unbelievable. We're incredibly um, excited about it. We're really, really excited. She's she's coming into her third semester, uh, third semester, <laughs> third trimester now, um, and has about I think she's twenty nine weeks pregnant as of yesterday, which is really exciting. Um, you know, we've been like prepping the nursery and just kind of getting things all, all ready to have kids again. And uh, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. But in July, the very beginning of July, so like the, literally the last day of June, we had a bit of a scare. So basically she had an appointment uh, and it was just kind of a regular routine, 24-week uh, ultrasound. And what they found was that one of the babies was not doing well. So basically... There was very, very low fluid. They said they couldn't even measure it. Like, it was so low. Uh, and she, and uh, the baby was very, very small. Um, and the blood flow did not look good. So, mind you, you know, this is on June 30th, the very last day. And I was we were planning on going to see my family. So my family lives in upstate New York, which is about a good four or five hours away. And we haven't seen them since... January so we were excited to like spend this whole week with them and get away and I remember I was home just kind of cleaning the house and taking care of Eli and all this stuff uh, that's my my son my almost two-year-old um, and she my wife Claire calls me up and is like hey uh, got some bad news the baby's not doing well all this stuff so we kind of have to go to the hospital so we do that we drop my son off at my in-laws and basically, we go to the hospital. So now we don't really know what's going on. They didn't really give us a lot of information. They don't know why these, you know, there was low fluid and bad blood flow. Uh, so we were pretty nervous. Um, we just kind of just kept praying and um, just trying to keep in good spirits. And then eventually, when we were at this hospital, we knew that we would we would be transferred to a different one because they don't really have the capacity for this kind of scenario so they did so that night after hours of waiting and and just random shots and procedures and different things they were they were checking and measuring and ultrasounds and monitoring and blah blah we got sent to a um another hospital about like a good half an hour away 
So she she rode in the ambulance and I drove in a car and then they ended up sending me home because it was later and visiting hours and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't end up doing anything that night anyways. But then the next day, so now we're on, on a Wednesday, uh, July 1st, they did an ultrasound and the main uh, doctor who was present there, um, not, not well, some of the residents were there too, but like the main one um, did an ultrasound like mid-afternoon. And basically kind of just affirmed everything that we had already learned. So she was very, very small. Uh, they said that she was the zero percentile, maybe one percentile, which means that almost 100% of all babies at this point are, should be bigger than, than what she is. And they said that there was next to no fluid and the, the blood flow was at like the third stage of badness, meaning that it had moments where the blood flow was paused. Uh, so it wasn't getting to her, it wasn't reaching her. So we kind of learned all this stuff and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to hear. It's some, some bad news. And um, in my mind, I knew what was going to happen. Like I knew immediately what the doctor was going to say to us. Like I knew what she would want us to do and blah, blah. Um, now, mind you, the other baby is completely fine. hundred percent is the right size. Is If anything, he's, well, you know, he's not too big, but. Uh, he's he's great. He's got a lot of fluid. His blood flow is incredible. Like he's 100% perfect. Um, so then we go back into the room after this ultrasound that my wife has kind of been staying in. And basically the doctor looks at us and says, so this is what your options are. You have two options. You have one baby that is not doing well. And if this continues, she will not make it. So what you can do is you can either A, go home, live life like normal, don't you know worry about this scenario, just kind of go about your day, you don't need to do anything, you don't need to stay in the hospital, just go about your day, and by that you will allow the baby to pass, uh, to die in the womb, or uh, and, and that way the other baby can you know, go full term and can be completely fine. Um, and then when you deliver, you just will deliver one healthy, alive baby, and then you'll just pass uh, a dead baby, basically. Or, so that's option A, or option B, right now you stay in the hospital, you um, can receive all the care that we can do. We can monitor you, every, you know, twice a day. You can get ultrasounds three, you know, three days a week. You can just stay here, and we can do everything that we can uh, to make sure that the baby can last as long as possible. And then you can very, very prematurely uh, deliver the babies. And the way that she made it sound was like, yeah. And at this point, twenty-four weeks, you know, like majority of the way through, like the you know three seventy-five percent of the second trimester the babies will most likely not survive the delivery. So the way she made it sound was like, listen, you, your options are you can either go home, let one baby die and give birth to one or give birth to two in a week or so uh, at the last possible moment before baby A, so the one that wasn't doing well, before she passes uh, and then deliver two babies and have them just die in the NICU, <laughs> which is just so horrible. So, we, deep down I knew she was going to say, well, we can just kind of, 
you know, you can just let one baby die and whatever. And I knew she was going to push for that. And deep down, like in, you know, in our heart of hearts, we knew that, that you know, we can't do that. Um, but still, it was a very horrible decision. And that was probably the worst day of my life. Like having to, to sit there and, and, and think about this and try to make a decision like this was just horrible, 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 horrible. And after they said this to us, uh, they left and kind of gave us some time. They gave us like two or three hours to kind of process it and kind of see what decision we wanted to make. Um, so then immediately we were, you know, we just wept and we were just holding each other and um, like, what kind of decision is this? Like, this is, this is such a hard thing to do. And then immediately we prayed, uh, kind of led, led us uh, in a prayer, just kind of giving it to the Lord and, 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 you know, putting our faith and trust in him because he's the one who can take care of the scenario and, and all that good stuff. Um, and then immediately called the priest and just, he just kind of reaffirmed like, yeah, you can't make a decision that, you know, uh, would cause the death of, of one of your, one of your children. And you have to do everything in your power to, to keep them alive and to keep them going. So a couple hours later, they came back, you know, after calling family and, and lots of crying and lots of painful discussions and text messages, we, uh, the doctors came back and we said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We cannot morally allow, like, make a decision to to kill one of our children. And if we were to go home, just live life like normal, we know that like that wouldn't be the case. So we're gonna stay in the hospital, do everything that you can, and we'll just try to make you know have her, um, you know, hopefully the fluid will come back, or hopefully the blood flow will you know be, return to no- normal and just start growing again, and like things will be okay, or we'll just wait as long as we can, and then we'll be in a good place. So the doctor didn't really want us to do that, but um, we we did. We did it, obviously. Um, so we spoke with the NICU there. Um, now apparently the, the NICU at this location is like the best one in the country, is what they said, which is really, really cool. Now, after ta- speaking with the NICU, now we weren't speaking with them before. We were just speaking with a high-risk doctor. And she was very doom and gloom and very pessimistic and saying, like, it's just, you know, it's a really bad scenario, blah, blah, blah. But after talking to the, the director of the NICU, we felt much better about our, our circumstances and about making this decision. It was like, yeah, like any baby, basically around 400 grams, we can we can save and, and help and do everything in the power that we can. Because they have every capacity for every everything that could possibly go wrong. They said that we have the equipment, we have the machinery, we have the manpower. And the people who can who can take care of your babies. So after that, we felt we felt better, and he kind of like went through and gave us all these statistics, and was like, "Yeah, like, you know, right now it would be like fifty percent mortality rate, and like here's the here's the percentages of this happening, and here's the percentages of that happening," and that was really kind of helpful for us, because instead of just saying like, "Yeah, like surely the babies are gonna die," it became more like, "Yeah, we there's a fighting chance, like you, you know this can this can happen, they can make through, we can we can make it happen." So that night I decided I, I stayed and they let me stay uh, with, with Claire in the hospital. So we just were together. Uh, we prayed so much and we shot out like a million text messages. So like everyone that we know, like everyone, um, every priest, like every holy person, every friend, every family member, like just told everyone and all of our contacts to just, just pray for us and ask others to pray for us too. And we have a good, uh, a really good priest friend of ours who is actually pretty close with um, Sister Miriam. Uh, I forget what her last name is. But she's one of those incredible, incredibly holy, beautiful 
uh, people that just radiates uh, the Lord. And she does the um, the Biting Together podcast, and she has all these talks. And I've heard her a couple times. She's amazing. She got like this priest friend of ours got her to pray for us, which was beautiful. And we had like all this all these people were just were just praying for us, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people. So basically, we had another ultrasound on Friday. Okay, so a couple days passed. And I managed to, to go home. So the day after, I stayed with her. So that was the Wednesday. That Thursday, I just prayed in, in a chapel at our parish. And uh, there's one in like the parish center where, where my office is for youth ministry. And um, I just sat in there and I was just playing some worship songs and I was just, I, you know, I, I did the Divine Mercy Chaplet and I was just talking to God and I was basically just saying, I was trying to like bargain with him. And <laughs> I mean, I've never prayed so hard. Like this was the most fervent prayer that I've, I've ever really experienced and ever done. But basically I was just asking the Lord, like, listen, I know you can take care of this. You can perform miracles all the time. I mean, you do perform miracles all the time. You can do anything. You can do anything, Lord. Please save my children. Please save my babies. Because, you know, I spent this last five months just loving on them and seeing them grow, seeing them kick, just getting so excited, so fired up. And um, all this stuff. And I was just praying and praying and praying. And basically at the end, I kind of like bargained with, with the Lord. And I was like, listen, if you save my babies, if you can bring baby A, so the baby that was struggling, to have good blood flow again, to be have some fluid, um, to grow and to make sure that this pregnancy goes well, uh, and if it is your will to, to do this, I will shout this from the rooftops, Lord. I will glorify you like you've never been glorified before. <laughs> I will post videos, I will do talks, we will do testimonials, and we will tell of this experience in this time. So we were of the mindset, my wife and I, that this would not be a good ending. We thought for sure after speaking with the doctor that these babies would not make it if we had to stay in the hospital. I mean, after speaking with the NICU, we felt better, but it was still that kind of grave feeling, that grave sense that like something, this is just not good. Like this baby's not going to get better and it's going to be difficult. And after I had this prayer session... I just knew it was like the Lord, the, the, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me hardcore and I could just feel it in my heart of hearts. And, um, I'm a pretty spiritual person, but I'm not like an intensely, I don't claim to like hear voices. I, I don't like, you know, have visions or whatever. Um, but in this moment, like I felt God say to me, I'm going to perform a miracle. I'm going to take care of you. Just put your trust in me. I'm here, I'm present, I'm weeping with you, I'm going through this with you. It's not my choice that this is happening. This is just one of those things, and I'm here for you, and I'm loving you, and I'm going to take care of this. I'm, I'm holding your babies in my the palms of my hands, and I'm going to take care of them. And at that moment, just this overwhelming peace just like took me over. I knew in my heart of hearts, that he was going to take care of this. I knew, I knew that he was going to perform a miracle. And it was one of those, you know, moments where, you know, the peace that passes 
all understanding like that happened in that moment there was no reason i mean i have my wife's in the hospital my my babies are probably going to die um and there's you know i should just be so miserable and so stressed and so upset and and i wasn't i was just at such peace because i knew god was going to take care of this even if he wasn't going to perform a miracle i knew it was going to be okay because i was asking for his will to be done and i knew that that would be the case so a day passed. She had another ultrasound that Friday. And lo and behold, God performed a miracle. <laughs> Baby A had perfect, normal blood flow. She had fluid. It wasn't a ton of fluid, but she had fluid. And things looked a lot better. The doctor was so shocked. The doctor was, you know, had the ultrasound and kept checking. Is like, is this, is this the right baby? Like, do I have the right baby here? Like, I have to make sure that this is, this is the right baby. The blood flow was perfect and there was fluid. And she was moving, she was kicking, she was breathing. And, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. Now, before this ultrasound, we, we just decided to, to figure out the genders of the babies. That way we could let people pray for them by name and to know who they are. <clears throat> So baby A was a girl who was struggling, and we decided to name her Grace. Um, and baby B, after speaking with a couple of priests um, and kind of sharing some stories and stuff, we decided to name him John, uh, John Paul. Um, and I tell you, like in that moment, you know, as soon as that doctor left, like my wife and I just embraced each other and we just cried and... We just told everyone that like it's 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 this is gonna be okay. Like the blood flow is returned. Obviously, you know, not she's too small still, and um, you know, she didn't have as much fluid as they would have liked. So they decided to keep my wife in the hospital, and they ended up keeping her there for three weeks. So this was you know only after a couple of days, but then they, they kept her there for three weeks, which was really hard. It was a difficult time. Just, you know, balancing work and, and trying to take care of the house, but then also being with, with her as much as I could and, and trying to take care of my son as much as I could. And it was just kind of a crazy, a crazy time. But, I you know, we received a lot of help from family and friends and so many people were, were just reaching out to us and praying for us. And just the this, this support was just overwhelming. Uh, and it, this, this time was just such a beautiful gift. Although we had some of the worst days of our lives, they ended up, you know, God used it for his, his glory and for his, and, you know, for his good. And as of right now, my wife is home. She's basically on bed rest, um, but the, the fluid has returned to normal. The blood flow has been really great. Um, she's been growing. She's still pretty small, but she's still growing. Um, and we're hoping now that she's in the third trimester that the growth will become exponential and that she'll be of, of good size uh, when when she has to deliver. So God just used this this incredible experience for his goodness, for his glory. And just, it was such an incredible, incredible, beautiful thing. Um, and I have to like keep talking about it. And there's, there's a lot more to the story, but I'm, I'm not going to really uh, share it now. Um, just because I want to kind of move on a little bit. I know I've kind of spent a lot of time talking about this, but it was such an intense like experience for us because, you know, I just kept thinking about that second Corinthians. I think second Corinthians 
14 or, or 4, where it just speaks, you know, my power is made perfect in weakness. And when you're struggling, you know, when you're weak, then I am strong. Like, I'm here for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Like, all those lines just kept running through my head through the uh, uh, majority of this time. And it was so true. Like, God just just flung himself. He threw himself upon us and upon my family. And his presence was just made known to us. And we just we just loved him and embraced him. And he loved us back and embraced us back. And it was just this beautiful uh, time of growth, you know, because in the midst of, of suffering, in the midst of struggle, his, his, his power is made perfect. In turning to the Lord in that time and, and just embracing him and praying, and I've never prayed the rosary as much as I have in, in my life. I've never prayed the divine mercy as much as I have in this time period and, and just been reading the scriptures and, and reading books and spiritual reading, praying and praying and praying. It was such a beautiful period of growth. And I just, I don't know. I like, I have to like talk about this and I'm going to for the rest of my life. Like this is such a beautiful time. But anyways, so that's kind of where my life is at right now. I'm home. I'm kind of working now. Claire's home. She's relaxing. She's, she's at peace. She's good. We're all good. Everything's good. And we're just kind of waiting for the next couple months until she inevitably gives birth to two hopefully healthy, good-sized, uh, beautiful twins, a boy and a girl, fraternal, obviously. Um, yeah, so that's that. So that's that. So God is good, and we should turn to Him in the midst of struggles. All right, I'm back. Josh from the future. So uh, I just wanted to, to kind of share a little bit more about the story, just because I, I, I had recorded that in the midst of her pregnancy still, so it was August. Um, and so basically what happened for the remainder of her pregnancy was that, um, we were planning on her being induced. So the, the, you know, the high risk doctors wanted her to, um, to be induced. And so September came came along and basically we didn't have any issues from then on. Uh, everything looked really good. She, Grace continued to grow and everything was good. But basically, so they were wanting to induce her by at 30, 36 weeks, I think, 37 weeks in September. And so we were kind of preparing for that. We knew what the day was. So we were like ready. We we're going to make it happen. And then the day of her induction, her water broke and she went into labor. And so we, the doctors were really concerned about like, you know, like how the de- delivery would be and if... Um, since Grace was really small, so she was only three pounds, um, like that she would probably have to spend a, a week in the NICU and all this stuff just to make sure that she she was okay and, and well enough to, to be viable. Um, and so basically, you know, we had a, this natural delivery and um, both the kids were okay. And John stayed with us for a while while Grace was in the NICU. And she ended up only spending 24 hours in the NICU. And uh, I remember she was rolled back into our room, like in the middle of the morning the next day. And we were like shocked, like, what? Like, she's okay? <laughs> like, we can just go? And um, they said she did amazingly and she didn't need to stay there. So we packed up, we went home and everything, uh, everything was great. So I'm going to just put... A little bit of a, a video montage here for people on YouTube 
if you're if you're listening to us on Spotify, maybe click on the YouTube video so you can see. I'm just gonna put a few pictures up of of kind of the process, um, just so you can kind of see it and to know that they're they're okay today. <laughs> and they're, I mean, they're fantastic kids. They have such joy and such energy, especially Grace. Um, you know, she's she's daddy's little girl, so and I love her dearly, and she um, is so special. Um, and John is too, obviously, but but yeah. So I hope you enjoyed the story. And I hope it really encouraged you. And, um, you know, comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And hopefully we will see you next week.